And we are starting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. We have made it to another week. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my uh, nightly live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I am Natalie Pierre-Lewis, host of the show and owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help People like yourself um, learn the things that they need to do or, and help them. Uh, let me backtrack. What I do is I help entrepreneurs, people like yourself, people who want to get into business, I help you get your business paperwork done. So if you need help with things like registering with the state, getting your EIN number, getting a DUNS number, having contracts, uh, brand protection, how to protect your brand with trademarks. Um, hiring employees properly. Hi, Miss Whitney. I help you do all of that. You may be asking yourself, why am I qualified to help you do all of that? And I'm so happy that you asked. Uh, I am a licensed attorney. I have been one for 13 years and counting. I have started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've started multiple, um, excuse me, I've had many careers in the realms of education, entrepreneurship, the law, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everybody as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but so many of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to make it in business, there are just some concepts that you need to know. There's no way around it. If you would like some help getting your business strategy together, especially a lot of you are going to want to be starting businesses at the top of 2020, um, I would urge you to book your one-hour strategy sessions before December 15th because that is when I'm going to stop taking one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions for the rest of 2019. Um, and they will not start again until 2020, and in 2020, my prices are going up. So if you want to work with me before the end of the year, you need to book your session now and before prices go up. All right, because the cutoff date is going to be December 15th, 2019. It's right there in the comments for um, up on Facebook, all right? Um, but yes, but now on to the show, why we're here. Hello, Facebook. Whoever came in on Facebook, say hi so I can say hi to you. Let me know where you're joining from. So here's the point of the show, if you're new. Um, every week, every day, I pull stories from the news. You know, I get Google alerts. I have websites that I go to. And I pull celebrity and pop culture stories that I think are going to teach you the concepts that, that you need to know. We mostly concentrate on um, brand protection and contracts, but sometimes other things pop in there too. Uh, but this is not just me talking at you. This is a dialogue. I'm going to ask you guys for some feedback. I'm going to ask you to press some buttons. So I need you guys to be alert. All right. Hi, Lady Panor. How are you? Thank you for joining. I love your uh, your posts and your broadcasts. Um, I was introduced to you by Shop Best on the Yard. But yes, yeah, so this is a dialogue, guys. And I might even um, try and add... Uh, uh, add somebody into the live broadcast so you can give your uh, opinions live. We'll see how that goes. All right. Um, but we are going to get started. Uh, oh, sorry about, sorry. I totally forgot. If you want to work with me, you need to go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. That is where you can book your strategy session. Again, I'm, I'm not taking any more bookings after December 15th for this year. After that, you're going to have to wait till 2020 and it's going to be more expensive. So book it now. All right. But now let's get to our stories. If you guys are ready to get this popping, please give me a ready in the comments. I want to see at least two readies on Instagram. 
And I see you on Facebook. I want to see you ready. <laughs> if you're ready, let me know. I got one ready from Tanya. All right. I'm waiting for my second ready Instagram. Somebody got to do it because I'm not starting before. I want to make sure everybody's paying attention. <laughs> Thank you, Shop Best on the Yard. All right, Facebook, you're just going to leave me hanging. That's okay. All right, the first story that we are talking about today, this is actually an update on a story that I've done before. So I've talked to you guys twice now about the website Booking.com. Um, can anybody tell me what Booking.com does? What do they do on Booking.com? And while you put that in the comments, I'm going to tell you what's happened. So Booking.com, they um, filed to trademark the term booking uh, for, or, or, you know, their name, um, for travel and lodgings, right? Um, I think they do travel and lodgings. I, I can't quite remember, but there has been pushback from the USPT. They do travel. Okay. Thank you. So they do do travel. So booking.com does travel and they were getting very worried because other companies were starting to put booking in their name, like hotelbooking.com. Or, you know, if somebody wanted to do eyebrowbooking.com. So booking.com was trying to trademark the term booking. But they were getting pushback from the USPTO. And booking.com kept pushing back. Because remember, if the USPTO denies you a trademark, you don't just have to take it. You can appeal and, and explain to them why you feel like you should be getting this trademark, right? So they kept appealing to the USPTO to the point that the U.S. Supreme Court is actually going to a rule on whether booking.com can be trademarked or the word booking um, in general. And it's, uh, they actually, they're, they're pretty sure that the court is going to deem that booking is too generic and that it cannot be trademarked at all. So booking.com may have shot themselves in the foot by really fighting this. Um, and this is just kind of one of the things that happens. If you, if something becomes too generic, there is no way that you can trademark it because um, how when you guys think booking, when you think of the word booking, do you think of this company booking.com? What do you think of when you hear the word booking? What do y'all think of? Um, but yeah, there um, there is always the danger if you if you wait too long that your term can become generic. My favorite example, baby from Cash Money, uh, he let bling bling get out of control to the point that he was no longer able to trademark the word and he regrets it to this day i actually think baby just got put out of one of his homes um i don't somebody needs to, to do a wellness check on him um but yeah what do you guys think of when you hear the word booking you guys in podcast land if you want to chime in too later please feel free to email me um, at nplconsultingfirm at gmail.com. Tanya Blingologist thinks of making an appointment, but do you think of a specific company when you hear the word booking? Let me know. If you guys think of a specific company, give me a yes. If you don't think of a specific company, give me a no. Um, those of you out in podcast land, you know, you can give me a silent yes or a no. Tanya said no. Me neither. When I hear the word booking, I think of, you know, 
Instagram, everybody has their booking info in the bio, um, you know, book me for this, but I don't think of booking.com. I don't immediately think of that company. So, um, pretty much everybody thinks that the U S Supreme court is going to rule that you cannot trademark the word booking because it is too generic. Okay. So, um, if you're thinking about trademarking booking for anything, uh, you can't <laughs> probably, but we're going to have to wait until this ruling is done. All right. Um, next story we have, we are talking about Champagne Poppy Drake. If you are a Drake fan, please give me a D in the comments because I might have to bring one of you, um, in on the live for this story. If you are a Drake fan, give me a D in the comments. Mm, Champagne Poppy. I love Drake. I mean, whatever people say about him, he's just enjoyable, his music. Uh, but let me know, uh, okay, so while you guys are letting me know if you're a Drake fan, um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Drake is getting into the cannabis industry. He has partnered, Shop Best on the Yard is a Drake fan. Hello, Alfonso. Um, okay, oh, you cooking, you can't join? Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, if you are a Drake fan and you can join the live broadcast, Put a D in the comments, because I would love to have a dialogue with you. I can't do it on Facebook. Facebook doesn't allow me to bring people on. <laughs> Shop Best on the Yard said HBCU girls love Drake. Uh, look, I didn't go to HBCU, and I love Drake, too, all right? I went to a PWI, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> all right, so... um Okay, apparently you and I are the only Drake fans uh, in the broadcast, but that's okay. We'll go on with the story. Uh, I'm sure we have plenty of Drake fans out in podcast land. So Drake is getting into um, the, the the cannabis business, as I just said. Uh, he has partnered with a Canadian um, a Canadian cannabis company. Remember, recreational mar- recreational cannabis is totally legal in um, in Canada. So you know they've it's government controlled, you know, all over the place. You can go to dispensaries and pick up your, um, your, your recreational cannabis, right? So Drake is getting into the business because it's, there's a lot of money into it, but he is doing it in the U S he's partnered with a Canadian company, but they're trying to make their way into the U S and what Drake is trying to do is he is trying to trademark the Canadian warning symbol for cannabis in the United States as the logo for his cannabis company. Alfonso likes, um, likes Drake. Alfonso, do you want to come into the live and, uh, kind of give your opinion on this case? Cause I'm trying to get this a little bit more interactive, have some voices. Let me know if you want to come in on the live, give me a yes and I'll send you, um, a join thing. Uh, but yes, so Drake is trying to trademark the warning symbol for Canada's, um, recreational cannabis, uh, warning labels. So think about if any of you have ever gotten, um, recreational cannabis from California, there is a symbol that they put on all of their packaging. It's like green and it has a cannabis leaf on it. Well, Canada's is, um, it's a red circle with a white leaf and the words and the letters THC. And it's now, this is in Canada. This has no bearing on the United States because remember, the United States federally does not recognize cannabis, right? So Drake is trying to take this cannabis warning label that is for the Canadian government and trying to trademark it in the United States, probably in LA. 
but the Canadian government is giving him some pushback. They're saying that this, um, this symbol is protected by the crown because remember, Canada is a subject of Great Britain. Um, it's protected by the crown copyright for public health and safety and, and safety. And it's not supposed to be used for, um, commercial use. Oh, all right. You want to come in on the broadcast? Okay. Let me, let me see if I can do this. Hold on. Go live with Alfonso. Okay. Oh, this is going to be fun, guys. All right. So waiting for, we're waiting for, hi, Alfonso. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, hi, hi, Brittany. How you doing? I know you're cooking. <laughs> but yeah. So, Alfonso, um, the case is that Drake is trying to take the, um, the Canadian, the national Canadian logo for cannabis and trying to trademark it as his U.S. logo for his cannabis line. Now, as I was saying, cannabis is not federally legal, so the United States doesn't really recognize this, uh, this warning label as a government warning because they don't recognize cannabis as recreational, so you can't have it here. So, Drake trying to... In stepwise, Drake could possibly trademark it in the United States as his logo, but the Canadian government is like, look, we're under Great Britain. This this uh, this symbol it's protected by the crown. We um, you know you, you're not supposed to be using it for commercial use, but you're ha- but you're putting it in a country where commercial use of cannabis is not even recognized. So how do you think this is going to turn out for Drake? Okay. Um, based on, it's probably going to end up uh, getting what he wants anyway. So you think he'll be able to trademark the logo in the United States? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, you mean like in Colorado? Um. Well, we we don't know exactly where Drake is going is going to be um distributing this, but he's partnering with a Canadian company that may that may be able to, you know, partner with an American company. So we don't know what states Drake is going to be able to to send this out to, but but that is another aspect that Drake has to think about is that he's going to have to register this trademark in specific states because you're not going to be able to um, trademark it as a federal trademark. Okay. So do you think that the states will recognize these applications that are probably going to come from uh, Drake's legal team to register the Canadian, the, the traditional Canadian symbol for recreational cannabis as a state trademark? Mm. Do they want smoke with Canada, basically? <laughs> they, probably they probably don't want any smoke with uh, Canada. Um, but, I mean, you, you never know. I mean... Well, Canada has all Canada has said. Hi, I'm Stacy Joy. All Canada has said is that this is a protected mark. It's protected by copyright by the Crown, and you're not supposed to use it for commercial use. But that has no real bearing on United States law. This is another country. So it's not like Drake is trying to trademark it in Canada. He's saying, ooh, I like this logo. I'm going to go use it in this other country where it's totally not recognized. That's why I feel like he's going to make a lot of money. Because there's a lot of Canadians here that live in the States mm-hmm. that will recognize that logo and, you know, and shop. Uh, so, you know what I mean? They're going to think that they have something to do with, with Canada based on that logo. 
Or they might just know, you know, that Drake has something to do with it and just buy it anyway. That normally is what happens. So I, I see a lot of money in his, uh, and I think, I think, uh, I think the United States is going to take advantage of it as well. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I, well, I mean, federally, the United States can't do anything. So we're going to have to see wh- which states want to go up basically against c- Canada and allow him to register this logo. So we're going to keep an eye on this. And um, thank you so much for your participation. All right. Thanks. All right. Yay. That was fun, guys. I think I'm going to do that more often. Um, I might do it one more time during the show. Um, but thank you to Alfonso, Alfonso for, um, for participating. Did you guys like that? Do y'all want to do that again? All right, let me know. But yeah, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens between Drake and the Canadian crown. You know, (laughs) they might make Drake choose, are you American? Are you Canadian? Or they, you know, or the, the, the state governments might be like, look, this is a sovereign power. We can't go and take their symbol and use it for, you know, for commercial use. But then it also makes me think of Disney trademarking the term Hakuna Matata. Um, Hakuna Matata is an actual phrase in Swahili used by people. Hello, Del Shannon. And it was trademarked by a company for commercial use. Hi, Daily Beauty. Um, so there may be precedent for Drake being able to trademark this, and we're just going to have to wait and see. So I'm very excited about this. Get it, Champagne Poppy! (laughs) All right, so we are just going to reset a little bit. We have some new people coming into the broadcast. Um, Let me just reintroduce myself. I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. You are watching MPL Legal Dish. This is my nightly broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Uh, I am a licensed attorney. I have been one for 13 years and counting and I help entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs like yourself get your business paperwork together. So if you need help with registration, EIN numbers, contracts, I'm your girl. You can book a a free consultation at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. All right. So we are moving on to our next story. And this is another um, update. And this actually has to do with the title of the story. So I think I've talked about this story maybe three times already, Um, the story about backcountry.com. So for those who may not know the story, there is a a ski company in Utah. They trademarked the term backcountry.com. No, they trademarked the word backcountry, and they had um, a domain name called backcountry.com. And as soon as they trademarked it, they started going after any and every business that had backcountry in the name. Um, and they forced companies to either drop backcountry from their name or totally change their name because they just didn't want to go through the legal hassle of, thank you for that, of fighting for, you know, of fighting for their name. Now, when they did that, there was such a backlash. There was a Facebook group that was created that said boycottbackcountry.com. Um, people refused to shop there. They do sell ski gear. People were not buying um, their ski gear. Some of the of the um, business owners that they targeted, they started putting GoFundMe so that they could fight um, the, this legal case because they didn't want to give up their name. And Backcountry was really like looking bad out here. So after all that, after the backlash, Backcountry CEO um, sent, puts out an open letter on their website, you know, saying that they're basically apologizing for what happened and that this doesn't align with their values and, you know, 
and uh, and basically that they were going to stop the shenanigans and stop going after after any more um, business owners that had backcountry in the name. But um, no, not but. So when I t- when I talked about that and I asked the question, I, I asked everybody if you guys thought that um, that. Uh, that they were doing it for show or if they, if they actually meant it. And most people felt like they were just doing it because they got, um, because they got all the backlash, but they have doubled down. Hello, Nola expat. Great. Um, but they have doubled down on their commitment to being better, I guess in a way. Um, so Backcountry has fired their entire legal team. So this group of people who were going around suing these other businesses that had Backcountry in the name, they have fired them. Um, they are partnering with one of the businesses that um, they that their legal team uh, sued, and they are selling their products on their website now. So they're trying to help him grow his business now, and they're also donating money to. Uh, some non to to some nonprofits. Um, they didn't specify the nonprofits, but the one thing they haven't done is they have not dropped the suits that are already pending. So the 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 all of the applications for lawsuits that the lawyers that they fired fired filed, they haven't gone to the court to drop them. The company says they actually want to partner with all of these companies that their former attorneys sued. So my question to you as an audience is what what do you think that this is a good move for backcountry.com? It's like, yeah, you fired your legal team, but you haven't stopped these lawsuits. What do you think should be their next step to really prove that they are committed to not being trademark bullies out here? Because that's what their lawyers were doing. They were like, well, we got this trademark, so we're going to go around and throw our weight around and sue everybody. Now, if you're saying that this is not a part of your values and you fired this legal team, why haven't you dropped the lawsuits? Why do you think they haven't dropped the lawsuits, guys? Um, for those of you in podcast land, uh, you know, you can, again, feel free to email me at nplconsultingfirm at gmail.com if you have thoughts or feelings about these stories. Um, oh, thank you for putting the link in shop best on the yard. So what do you guys think? Um, do you think that backcountry is still just trying to like, um, showboat and pretend like they're out here, you know, trying to, trying to do better or are they just trying to put themselves in a better position financially because you haven't dropped these lawsuits and yeah, you fired your lawyers, but you're probably going to hire another round of lawyers and who knows what they're going to do. Shop Best on the Yard said they should drop all the lawsuits, but they probably haven't dropped them because they really aren't sorry. Hmm. Right. You know what I just thought about? They probably haven't dropped them yet because they fired all the lawyers. <laughs> if you fired all the lawyers, why are they going to drop the lawsuits? Like the people, the CEOs would probably have to go to the courts themselves and do it. They may be waiting to hire a brand new legal team to, uh, to drop these lawsuits for them or file for motions to dismiss. So we're going to have to wait and see, but backcountry seems to be, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. Stacey Joyce said exactly. Um, but they seem to be putting their money where their mouth is. They're, they're, the, the, the people that they were formerly suing, they're now selling their products. They're partnering with them. Um, and they and they fired the former lawyers. So we're going to have to see what happens with them. Um, Shop Best in the Yard said they figured the firing would look good and no one would see the back end. Ooh. Hmm. 
Okay. So you think they were playing chess, not checkers. Okay. All right. I see you. All right. Um, thank you for that. Uh, ooh, we got another story. Y'all, this is where, guys, stories were popping today. We had a lot of participation. This is going to be our last story of the evening. Um, this is a Kylie Jenner update. So we've talked a few times about Kylie Jenner trying to trademark this phrase, rise and shine. Apparently she sang it to her daughter on Snapchat and it went crazy for some reason, right? Uh, the problem is somebody already owns the trademark to rise and shine. This woman, Kathy Bagan in New Jersey, um, she, she has a company called rise and shine. She sells natural supplements and she's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I already own the trademark to rise and shine. And she even said, she's like, look, I won't even sue Kylie Jenner. If she will sing the jingle for my company. And if she pays me a licensing fee, she can use rise and shine. Now, Kathy Bagan hasn't heard anything from Kylie Jenner's um, Kylie Jenner's legal team, but um, I I asked you guys in the polls if you guys how if you guys are on Snapchat, and about seventy five percent of you guys said that you were on Snapchat, and then I asked you guys if you had seen Kylie Jenner selling sweatshirts on Snapchat, and about sixty five percent of you said yes. So even though Kylie Jenner does not have this trademark to rise and shine, she is selling these $65 sweatshirts that say rise and shine on them on Snapchat. So this lady, Kathy Bigan is, has filed a complaint with Snapchat, um, saying, Hey, I own this trademark and she's selling, um, and she's selling merch. So what do you think is going to happen with this complaint to Snapchat? And I want you to, to think about um, Etsy, when Etsy gets complaints of trademark or copyright violations. What do you think is going to happen with Snapchat? But also keep in mind that Kylie Jenner is the biggest source of traffic for Snapchat. They have her on Snapchat all the time. Um, and as well, like, I'm, I'm sure they have some, some kind of partnership deal. So do you think that Snapchat is going to pay any attention to this complaint by Kathy Bagan, who is the rightful owner of the Rise and Shine trademark? Um, I am Stacey Joy said, good for Kathy. I think Kylie should pay up. Okay. And Kylie should pay up, right? But do you think that Snapchat is going to do anything about Kylie selling these sweatshirts on their platform where she has millions of followers? Because remember, Snapchat is, is struggling. Um, they, they lost a lot of their participation because they did some distasteful things. Um, they, was it? Instagram offered to buy them a few times and they refused and Instagram just basically created their own Snapchat. So Snapchat is still trying to keep their head afloat. And Kylie is one of the biggest ways that they do that. So do you think they're going to pay any attention to this complaint filed by Kathy Bagan? Because it's not, it's not their, their, um... It's not their job to enforce the trademark. However, if like a, like a mall vendor, if you have if you're a mall vendor and you have somebody selling fake goods in your mall, you can be charged with trademark infringement. So, do you think that anything legal that that Kathy has any legal claim against Snapchat letting um, Kylie sell these sweatshirts on 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 their platform? Bum, bum, bum. Do you think Snapchat has a responsibility 
to maintain this trademark. Hey, um, you guys in uh, podcast land, I, I would love to hear from you as to what you think about um, enforcing this trademark on Snapchat. Because it's not like um, on Etsy, where Etsy is literally getting a cut from everybody on that platform who's selling everything. I actually don't really know how Snapchat works um, monetarily for people in terms of how they how they pay influencers, but I'm sure that Kylie brings them a fair amount of traffic and they pay her a, a you know a fair amount of coin. So what do you guys think? Ooh, you know what? We can't even end because I have to talk about the other the other story that was in the um in the in the in my Instagram stories and my Facebook stories. So, okay, we don't have any more opinions on um Kylie Jenner and her stealing this woman's phrase. Okay, well, I'm going to give you guys my opinion. I think that Snapchat does have a responsibility to enforce this woman's trademark, especially if they if it's if it can be shown that they directly benefit from Kylie Jenner being on their platform. Is is Snapchat deriving income from having Kylie um Kylie on there? Now, and maybe not directly, but Snapchat, they probably sell our information. That's what, that's how a lot of these platforms make money. They take our demographic and psychographic information and they sell it to third parties. That's why you see ads that come up when you've talked about something and you, you're like, oh my God, I was just talking about that. So Snapchat may be doing the same thing. So I think they do have a responsibility to limit, uh, Kylie's activities on here because this they could be charged with uh, with aiding with trademark infringement. But that is uh, my opinion, guys. Uh, guys on Instagram, if you can, if I, if I am still visible to you, please give me uh, put some type of emoji in the comments because you guys are very quiet and I'm getting concerned. Um, all right, so that was the update on Kylie Jenner. Um, we have one more story that we are talking about, and if you guys, oh, thank you, I am Stacy Joy, if you have heard of Tiffany's, the jewelry company, please give me a T in the comments. If you have heard of Tiffany's, give me a T in the comments, and also, tell me what is Tiffany's signature color? What is Tiffany's signature color? And while you do that, I'm going to tell you why I asked this. I actually had this, uh, had a question in my poll, to, in, in my Instagrams and Facebook stories today. And I asked you guys, how much do you think um, Tiffany's color, that I'm waiting for y'all to put in there, Tiffany's signature color is worth? I had one person respond, teal, teal and white. Um, when I was reading the article, they said that Tiffany's color is actually Robin's egg blue. That is the official color of Tiffany's. And I asked in the polls how much you think that color is worth. Someone responded $5 billion. And I'm going to tell you why they're not far off. So if you didn't know, um, t- the, the, um, the LVMH, the Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, what, that, that big luxury company that owns all the luxury brands, they have actually put a bid in. They want to, they want to buy Tiffany's. And they offered them an initial bid of uh, $14.5 billion, with a B, 
billion dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy has offered Tiffany's. They're like, hey, we want to buy you. We're going to give you $14.5 billion. Tiffany's has said, uh, hey, guys, we want $16.9 billion. Tiffany's wants about $2.5 billion more. And there was a whole article that I read today on the fashion law about how Tiffany's has been able to commandeer this color and make it their own. And this is a part of their branding. This would be a part of what Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy is getting with the package deal of purchasing Tiffany's. So do you think that this, this color, because this is what it amounts to, is brand recognition. Tiffany's has put so much work and money and history into their brand that when you see that color, you immediately think of Tiffany's. And they're saying that because of this brand recognition, because we are so respected out in these business streets, we want two and a half more billion dollars on top of what you offer. So they want about $17 billion. Do you guys think that, one, do you think that Tiffany's is worth the $17 billion? And two, do you think that Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy is going to agree to pay it? What do you think is going to happen with this war? Because Tiffany's did not ask them to come to them. Louis Vuitton just came out the blue and was like, hey, we want to buy you. We'll give you $14.5 million. So Tiffany's was like, well, we're not going to say no, but you need to come to the table with a little bit more. So what you got? So do you think that Tiffany's is going to get $17 billion? And do you think it's worth $17 billion? You guys in podcast land, uh, you can always reach out to me um, on my social media, MPL Consulting Firm on Instagram, uh, MPL Consult on Facebook, and let me know what you think about these stories. So what do you think, guys? Do you think that that Tiffany's is going to get their ask of $16.9 billion? Do you think that their investment in this color and their brand recognition out in these business streets is worth $16.9 billion. That is a lot of money. Like, just give me a piece of it. A little bit. Like 1% so I can pay off my loans. Just a little bit. A little bit. What y'all think? Anyway. Alright, so I think that uh, you guys have gone to dinner. <laughs> um, I actually have to go cook my own dinner. But uh, thank you for your participation, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, I want to remind you, if you want to work with me, uh, before the end of 2019, I am going to stop taking bookings, um, by December 15th and uh, for the rest of the year. And then when I start in 2020, prices are going up. So go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and book your, uh, book your, uh, strategy session today. If you need help with registering your business, if you need contracts, if you need, um, to hire employees, if you need help protecting your brand, that is what I do. It's what I like to do. It's what I love to do. Uh, I will be back here tomorrow with more stories for you. Thank you all for your participation. I think I'm going to um, have somebody come in live tomorrow too, depending on how interesting the stories are. Um, have a good night. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Um...